we have from Bruins Daily. He's the Boston Bruins reporter for Bruins Daily. Matt Castle talking all things Bruins. Obviously, a shootout loss yesterday coming off the bye week to Winnipeg. Uh, Matt, I know you had three takeaways on there on Boston.com. Share them with us here on, on the B-List. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? So Good. First off, we had uh, Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak kind of just getting back to what they always do when leading the offense. They combined for all three goals. Secondly, we got to talk about Trent Frederick's NHL debut because it was pretty emphatic. He uh, dropped the gloves midway through the second period and uh, sent the TD Garden crowd into a frenzy. So it's a <laughs> pretty great way to make a debut. And then finally, Yaroslav Halak kind of crumbled down the stretch. He looked uh, pretty all right through the first two periods, only faced 17 shots. And then there was those two goals in 34 seconds by Kyle Connor. And the first one I think he really wanted uh, to have back. It, it was a weak goal. And Bruce Cassidy, even after the game, said that they just needed one save out of those two and they would have been fine and they didn't get it. So now, how many times have you been asked, you're the other Matt Castle, right? <laughs> have you heard that a few times? Yeah, I have not played football once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure Matt Castle did either, but that's all right. Although he did lead him to an 11-5 season. Uh, going back to Halak, you know, early in the season, he really pretty much saved the Bruins. When, uh, when Tuca was going through, I don't know what he was going through, Halak was the man. He he stood tall. He saved some games. Um, now he's in a little bit of a funk, and of course Rask is hurt. We're hoping he's ready to come back. What's the story on that front? Well, I think you're exactly right on that. Halak was leading the league in goals against and save percentage, and if he wasn't, he was in the top five at some parts. Um, I know it fluctuated a little bit, but He's, uh, he's been shaky as of late. I know going into the All-Star break, Tuca had really regained um, the starting job in, in the minds of all the reporters and Bruce Cassidy. And then, of course, he gets hurt, uh, just to Bruins luck. But Tuca should be coming back soon. I know he was skating on the ice yesterday and this morning uh, before practice, and they don't think it's going to be long-term. So I think within the next week we'll see Tuca Rass back. Hopefully he can... Uh, regain his form that he had before the All-Star break because I think they're going to need him. Halak has kind of come back down to earth a little bit. And, yeah, if they're going to make a, a push late in the season, I think Rask is going to have to be the guy. Now, uh, we all are aware that the All-Star break took place and they're off for a week. Um, what takes place for the team itself formally? I know the guys certainly will skate and work out on their own. Does the team do anything formally? Do they have, you know, some practices just for skating and whatever where the team is directing the thing, or do they just simply leave that to the players? So it was kind of up to the players. Most of them, I was, like, just scoping through their Instagrams. A lot of them went down to someplace tropical. I think it was, like, Punta Cana or something. Oh, there we go. But, uh, <laughs> but Bruce Cassidy did mention that a few of the guys were up here skating. Uh, he didn't mention any names specifically, but I think it was more of an informal skate. You know, when you think about uh, overuse injuries, you know, I I think it's a great idea to get, I don't know about going warm, but 
go someplace we can just relax and clear ahead of all the things. It's a long season in all those pro sports. Not a bad idea. Yeah, I agree. I definitely don't hate the idea of going uh, somewhere tropical. Because it would have been nice if they brought you with them, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was stuck in uh, the cold weather of Massachusetts. When it's going to get colder, we understand. Yep. Now, they've been in this never-ending search this year for a third-line center. Yep. Centerman. And Frederick was the latest. Uh, we know about the fight. It was uh, really good. Uh his parents are high-fiving in the stands and everything else. Not sure if my kid was fighting, I'd be high-fiving people. But anyway, um, how, how did he, what did you think about him as a centerman? That, that really is the key. Uh, I, I liked him. I think it's still too early to tell. Um, he, he's a different style of center than JFK. And I've been saying this since day one. I never thought JFK was ready He's kind of like he just gets bounced off the puck way yes. too easy, and the the game just seemed too big for him. Frederick, on the other hand, he's a big body guy. I think he's six two, two hundred five pounds, and uh, he doesn't get nudged off the puck that easy. His line did okay. They had a couple chances with uh, Heinen and Backus alongside him, but as of right now, I think it's too small of a sample size. He certainly won the crowd over more sure. than JFK did, but we we'll see. I think they have a well, should be an easy test against Philadelphia, but they ended up losing to them last time. So we'll see how that goes. I, I couldn't tell about his speed. You know, again, I think it's not imperative that a sentiment to have speed, but it never hurts. He didn't blow me away with his speed. I'll say that it was he didn't stand out. He wasn't like a Anders Bjork, Pasternak. It wasn't it wasn't evident, but he he didn't look like. Like a Corey Dillon of old, uh, struggling uh, to run the ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tell us about. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about who the Bruins might be looking at to trade for and whatever. And then the, there were some names that were hot, and then it goes away for a week, and then some more names come up that are really hot. And oh, they're looking at this guy, and it's really imminent. And then nothing happens, and it kind of goes away. Where are we now? What what are, what are the what's the what's the word? Uh, in short, I don't think anyone really knows because, like you said, there's been names that have been popping up. Uh, I mean, I can tell you that like the three biggest names are obviously Wayne Simmons from Philadelphia, Kevin Hayes from New York, and then Braden Shen from the Blues. Um, but I don't I don't like I said I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't think Don Sweeney has uh, any idea what they're doing uh, right now, but like I said, yeah, it, it's a tough, it's a tough call. I see where Ryan Spooner was just outright released. They, they could pick him back up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If they they want to do that or not? We got his jersey size all picked out and everything. We already know him. <laughs> yep. So what are you looking for? You know, Tampa Bay has, has stayed really strong. Toronto, I really think in a seven-game series, I I would bet on the on the Bruins against uh, Toronto. Those pesky Canadians, though, um, surprisingly, they're hanging tough. It's a typical Claude Julian team. They're just hanging tough. Yeah. If the Bruins can do, like, 
everything in their power to avoid playing Tampa Bay in the first round, sure. that would be amazing because they they scare me a lot. They're really good. I mean, Nikita Kucherov is just scoring points at will, and they haven't cooled off, like you said. The Bruins have played Toronto excellent uh, well, as of late but and last year in the playoffs, and they, they just seem to have their number. Even if we had to go on the road um, to play seven-game series with Toronto, I, I like our chances. And like you said, Montreal, no one thought they were going to be good coming into this season, or at least I didn't. And they're, they're hanging around. I do think the Bruins will overtake them. We still have a game in hand on them. So, And then down the stretch, I think the Bruins are just a better team. So if, if all goes according to plan and the Bruins secure the second seed in the Atlantic, that would be the most ideal situation. I don't think they're going to catch uh, Tampa Bay. No. Uh, it seems to me, I don't have it in front of me, don't the Bruins play quite a few games at home at the end of the season? I was trying to remember what their season looked like. Yeah, they backloaded their schedule. They played a ton of games on the road uh, in the early months. So I think in I think it's March. I could be wrong, but that's when like their their big homestand picks up. Great. Any other news we should know about? Uh, we talked a lot about last night's game, but anything else that you're seeing uh, that we should know about? Um, I mean, Peter uh, Chilark has, has been really good. Yes, I think he uh, he could could be a, a permanent fix there. Um, and I think him and Frederick, this is like their last ditch effort to to fix things internally to fill fill the second line center and third line or second line left winger and third line center. So this like their impact. I know they're young and they've only played a few games. But their uh, impact is going to go far beyond just like their their individual achievements. They'll actually impact the Bruins' trade uh, and their team going forward. So keep an eye out for them. I think Chavark has done great in his first, I think it's four games. The Bruins just had a ton of chemistry with David Krejci. And even though they didn't score last night, their line was buzzing. Jake DeBrus was around the net. He actually crashed into the net, too. So Yeah. I like um, him a lot. I really do. All right. Well, Matt Castle, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. You can follow Matt on Twitter, Matt underscore Castle 22, reporter for Bruins Daily. Follow Bruins Daily, of course, at Bruins Daily. Matt, thanks so much for filling in for Tim this week. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Take care, Matt.